Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. All right, I am sitting here with Tiffany LaCroix, who is a graduate of ours at Paul Mitchell School of Great Lakes in Port Huron, Michigan, and she is now in our instructor program at Paul Mitchell School, Michigan, and you're going to absolutely love her. But Tiffany, tell us your journey as to uh, what were you doing prior to going to the cosmetology school, and uh, what was your journey through life to get to cosmetology school, first of all? Okay, well, um, initially I went to traditional college. I kind of changed my major a few times. Found it wasn't really for me. I got really bored really quickly. So I got my associates in graphic design and decided that, okay, um, I'm going to try the military. So I was like, I wanted to get out of Cincinnati, like northern Kentucky area. So I think the easiest way and most financially responsible way was to just, okay, let's join the military and run off and leave now, everyone. <laughs> okay, first of all, you're a woman yes. and you're saying, I'm going to join the military. Yeah. Like, hello. I mean, not many women say that. Most right. women are like, hey, I'm going to move and I'm going to get married. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get married yeah. and live happily ever after, yes. right? Um, but you said, no, I think um, I'm going to, why the military? For me, I mean, I knew I always wanted to get married and have a family eventually but I knew it was it was God's plan that I was not going to be staying home if I stuck around with the same exact people doing the same exact thing for the rest of my life I wasn't going to go anywhere so I knew I had to do something that was beyond me something that was just going to challenge me honestly wow so I can see this is going to be called be beyond tell me why where did that come from what was that transformational moment that said to you I need to go beyond what I have here and now because not many people have that mindset it's mm-hmm. honestly from what I understand the statistics are only five percent have that thought process where did that come from what was that transformational moment I don't know I think I think it's just something that's always been like a, a burning desire inside of me like my mom has always been the one that's saying, go do it. I mean, like, go do whatever you need to get, that you have to do. And it's like, they've always mm. kind of like joked about Tiffany's always in Tiffany's world. Like, I've never been the person that's just fallen in line and, and done what everyone's told me to do. I've kind of do my own thing and it always just works out. Like, I, I don't know why it works out, but it's like, I guess I get past my ego and just kind of just listen to my my inner voice that says, okay, this is going to work and I'm going to make it work even if it's not supposed to traditionally, you know? <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. Tiffany's world. I, Cause I have Tina's world. So I understand <laughs> I relate to you 100%. <laughs> my husband just shakes his head every time I have these crazy ideas yeah. <laughs> and my whole family actually shakes their oh, head. Yeah. Uh, but this burning desire. So you said it came from your mom, like, mm-hmm. like explain that to me. What did she used to say to you? And where did, like, what age do you remember back? Because a lot of people that are listening to this right now don't even have parents that are breathing that type of belief into them like with you um tell me how far back you can remember and give me some specifics of what she said I don't know she's just that's always been I guess my kind of like my my brother and sister are always like oh Tiffany's the golden child she never does anything wrong like she never gets caught I guess (laughs) Yeah. Like, the, I, I was my grandma's Is that true? Favorite. You never got caught? I never got caught. <laughs> <laughs> like, did, what's your secret to not getting caught? What did you do? I have no idea. I, I, this, I'm a silent ninja. Like, no one ever hears me walking around getting to them. Like, I scare the crap out of, out of everyone. It's like, Be where did you come from? Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so funny. So you always remember your mom just speaking that belief into you, mm-hmm. which is just absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure you could... I'll learn a lot from men. I feel like you're that way too, because when you were in school, you always were a part of the, the student teams, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really cool. And you're always a leader. Like you're yeah. always out front, always yeah. out front and saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to lead. Uh, but I want to go back before we talk about that, back to the military, because everyone wants to hear. Tell me about your experience in the military. How long were you in it? Are you still? No. Okay. Um, I was in the military for 10 and a half years. Whoa. So 10, 10 years, and eight and a half months years. and four Four days to be exact. Not that I was counting, but wow, <laughs> it was a long 
long time, it seemed like. Eight months and four days. Ten and a half years, eight yeah. months and four days. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, Tell me about your journey. For, it was really hard at first because it's, it's a man-driven, like, industry. Um, women don't have respect. Um, a lot of women that I did come in contact with, they joined because they were looking for husbands. And I did not join because I was looking for a husband. I joined because... It was right after 9-11. I'm like, no, I need to serve my country. And I, I honestly think a lot of people need to just kind of have that mindset, like, be proud of your country, be be proud of where you come from, and you should serve. Even For me, I initially only wanted to join just for my initial, okay, couple years, and then I'll get out, I'll have some job experience, because a lot of people, when you go to traditional college, you find out, like, okay, you have this education, but you don't have any job experience in that field, they're not going to hire you. So I, mm-hmm. I had that problem where I didn't go to the large college that was in the area. All the businesses in the area said, well, we have contracts with this school that we only hired these students. Sorry, you don't make the cut. So I'm like, bounced around a couple places and said, okay, put my hands up. Like, all right, this is God's calling me to go do this. This is what I got to do. My mom kicked back so much, like, me and her cried so often because she's like, mm. why do you want to leave? Like, don't go. Like, why would you do this? Like, what, what's so happening? So your mom did not support this? No. At not all? At okay. All. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is crazy because I interviewed Anna Martinez, uh, who also worked for us in the Fort mm-hmm. Myers school, and she was in. She went in right after 9/11 too. Mm-hmm. That was like a transformational moment for her too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true across the entire country yeah. because of. I really believe it came from the America was so beautiful in raising up and giving mm-hmm. honor uh, to the people in the military, to the yeah. people in the fire department, the police department, yeah. which I think is so cool. Uh, through that process so tell me that transformational moment and uh, what what really spoke out to you in that moment that you said this is what I'm going to do and then you Mm -hmm. took it to your mom tell me specifics on that well I went to a couple recruiters I knew um, my best friend she had joined the army her and I were initially went to the recruiters together Um, we thought about joining it because they have a buddy program where you can join with a friend so you're not lonely I went in there kind of talked to them like, I can kind of sense when people are fake. And, and I knew they were trying to sell me something that wasn't for me. And I'm like, I don't like wearing green. So I'm like, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> she ended up joining. She's okay. still in. So in like, the Army. Yeah. She, okay. She'll actually be retiring in three years. Like, she'll be completely done, full retirement. And another friend of mine, she had joined the Air Force. I had another girlfriend that joined the Marines. I, I pretty much had someone in every single branch. My grandfather was in the Navy. But he never talked about his experience, so I never knew. So I kind of, like, reached out to all of them, like, hey, what do you think of these branches? And I went to the Navy. I took, like, a pre-ASVAB. They were kind of, like, joking around, like, oh, just some young pretty girl coming in thinks she's going to join the military. Once I scored so high, they were like, oh, we need this girl. I'm like, yeah, I'm not dumb. <laughs> yeah. So I, wow. I thought, kind of thought about a step back, and my best friend that's in the Army still, she said, you need to join the Coast Guard. Like, don't do these ones. You don't want to go over to the sand trap over in Iraq. She's like, go to the beach. I was like, that's right. That, that is what I want to do. <laughs> so yeah. I had never even heard of the Coast Guard at the time. So I had, I had talked to the recruiter. I had to actually drive way up north of Cincinnati because they don't have recruiters for the Coast Guard very in very many places because it's the New York Police Department is actually larger than the Coast Guard. Like it's it's that small of a service. And I said, right. that's for me. I, I like that close knitness. Like almost any Coast Guardsman you meet, they probably know someone that you know. Like everyone's like, oh, you know so-and-so. Yeah, I do. I was stationed with them. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those services. But I love it because it's a life-saving service. We're not out there shooting at people. We're not out there like fighting things like we're keeping drugs off the streets we're saving people that are drowning out in the ocean like we're coming to help people wow we're we're defending our own country defending our own people you know Mm. so for me it was great but the first few years it was tough because I have that mindset where I think outside the box and they want you to think in the box like this is how we do it this is how it's always been done so you need to do it this way and I said but there's a better way to do it so there was there was a lot of pushback from like and I was a little older, so I was like, I was 25 when I joined. Mm, okay. So a lot of these people that were in charge of me were fresh out of high school. I'm like, okay, I've got a little like life experience. Like, why do you have to keep fighting with me? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I, I ended up finding my way. And it, for me, it was just, it was an easy job. And it was, 
something I enjoyed. Like I, I ended up being, I initially joined because I wanted to be a photographer and do web design because that's what my, that's what I went to school for. So yeah. I said, okay, this kind of lines up, but that school takes forever to get into. Like there's like a handful of people that do that job. So okay. I ended up doing, it was like human resources, payroll, and it was something I was good at naturally where I didn't really have to try too hard, but it's also one where I'm serving people, I'm helping people. Like people, when you're out on the boats, like saving people's lives, you don't want to have to worry about your family at home. Are they getting paid? Are they are they safe? Are they secure? Are the bills paid? Like, and, mm-hmm. and I made sure all their stuff was taken care of. And I still even, I've been out for, psh, I think like five years now, and I still have people like messaging me that are in like, hey, is my human doing the right thing? Like, do, do you remember this? Like, wow. <laughs> so it's, I love that I made that kind of an impact on people that I was stationed yeah. with. <laughs> Aw. What was, tell me uh, one of the hardest things about being in the military and being in the Coast Guard. Like, what, um, what stands out to you that was the hardest, like, greatest adversity that you went through? For me, there's, uh, mostly it's a lot of men. Like, it's, mm-hmm. and they don't, uh, there are a lot, there are some men that will respect a lot of women, but at the same time, they're like, you're still a woman. Like, you can't always physically do the same things that a man can do. But then sometimes it's nice because then we have those spouses that we can connect with. And then there's other, when I was in, I was actually a victim advocate as well for women that were getting in trouble or they weren't the ones causing trouble, but they, they had things happen to them where I could be mm. like, I could be a mentor to them and say, Hey, mm-hmm. let's try this. These are your options. These are things you can do. And I really enjoyed it because I feel like the Coast Guard, since we are so small, they really like to help their people. Whereas the larger group you are, it's kind of hard. You almost turn into a number. And it's mm. really hard because it's like you're away from your home. Like for me, I had always lived, my whole family, we all still live in the same area. Whereas I'm the one that got away. Like that's even like my little thing. Like, oh, I'm the one that got away. Like I'm out of the bubble. But yeah. And it's hard because there's so many holidays you miss. Like I, my grandmother passed away. She was one of the most, like she was like my mom, like more than my own mother was. Mm. And not being by her bedside when she passed away was tough. Yeah. But I mean, I was there as much as I could be. I talked to her every single day. But luckily also from that, I have all these like written hand letters from her that I wouldn't have had mm. had I not been at boot camp and she wrote me every single week. So it's like I have all of these other special mementos that I have from yeah. people and all these exciting things. And by the time I ended up, I got a medical retirement, but my mom was like, are you sure you want to get out? Don't you want to stay in? Like, and it's so funny how it turned for her where she said, you should stay in. But at the beginning, she's like, no, don't go, don't go. And wow. <laughs> so she changed her tune. Completely. Yeah. When did that happen? When did she change her tune? When did that happen? I think after maybe like my first unit, because like my friend said, go to the beach. And I literally, everywhere I lived was at the beach. Like I, I lived in Georgia. I lived in Florida. I lived up here in Michigan. Like Nice. Everywhere I'm okay. always connected to water. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> in the Coast Guard. Yeah. Right? Okay. Exactly. Very cool. Is that how you ended up in uh, Port Huron? How did you end up going to the Paul Mitchell School in Great Lakes in Port Huron, um, Michigan? I was stationed here in Michigan for mm-hmm. four years. Okay. Um, I worked down in Mount Elliott. I was like right in downtown Detroit. But um, my husband, his family is from here. And they're a little more, like, stable and, I guess, a little bit closer than my family is. Mm-hmm. And so when we I retired out of Florida, I was in St. Pete. We loved it there, but it's, like, at the same time, it's, like, it's so lonely when it's, it's like, it's me and my husband and our two kids. And yeah. that's it. And I had a cousin in Orlando, but it, it's not like she was a close cousin, but it was definitely, it was, it was nice to have family close by, but at the same time, like, I just kept thinking, what if something happens to us? If we have a car accident, who's going to pick our kids up? Like, when I went into labor with my son, the people that are supposed to watch our daughter fell through. And, like, the nurses are watching our daughter when I'm giving birth because she wow. can't be at her. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah we, we've got to figure something out. Like, we've, I was like, we just got to go back north. So we ended up, I was like, I really loved Michigan. I, for some reason, something was just calling me to come here. And the VA down in Florida was not going to approve me to go to school. They said, you went to school long enough. Like, we're not going to pay for you any more education. Like, you're able to get a job. But... Once I came up here, the VA, the worker I had there said, yeah, we're going to pay for your school. Like, you can go to cosmetology school if you want to, because honestly, that's what I've always wanted to do. It's just, it's a scary industry to get into because it's all commission-based. And it's Mm -hmm. like, 
ah, I've never done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is scary. So to have that stability uh-huh. of the, the VA just having my back, being yeah. able to like cover my schooling, they're even covering this now doing my instructor's program. I'm like, it's just wow. like, oh, like full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, it's so cool because you gave back so many years and now you're getting back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. beautiful. And you deserve it 100%. You. And so I think that's so awesome. And, and so talk through that process. How many, um, okay, let's talk about why you wanted to be in the hair industry, first of all, because here's this uh, woman in, the, um, in this male-dominated industry. Yeah. Now you're wanting to go in a woman-dominated industry, which is so funny. I want to hear that. But uh, first of all, um, how long have you been married? Oh, gosh. I think 13 years this year. 13 years. Yeah. Okay. Has it been all roses? Oh, it's never been roses. I'm still waiting for that day. <laughs> Just maybe get some roses. No. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, my husband and I actually teach an online uh, marriage Bible study, and we're also in Bible studies. We're getting ready to teach a Bible study at our church, but um, and we're getting ready to write our book, Be Married. And, yeah. and it's so funny because every couple, we've been married 33 years, every couple will say, no, it's not all roses, never. of course. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's about certain uh, perspectives that you have to make uh, while you're being married. So what would you say is been the hardest part about being married and how have you um, been able to get through that? I think for me, I'm not one of those people that I'm not codependent. And I think my husband, he likes the idea of having that traditional family where the wife is home, she cooks, she cleans, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whereas our, our like relationship has been role reversal where he's been the one that's been at home while I've been out working, while he's getting his schooling done. So for me to just... When I retired, I was like, oh, man, I get to be a stay-at-home wife. Like, I can sit at home and do nothing. And I'm like, this is hard. Like, I don't think I can do this. It is hard. I I get it. Like, I don't, there's, I was like, there's no way I can sit here and just do this all day. Like, I'm an active person. I'm creative. And for me, like, uh, in high school, everyone would always ask me to do their hair for prom. Like, Mm. I did my sister's hair for stuff. And I was like, man, you know, I've just always been good at that stuff. Like, my grandma would sit in her chair, and I'd sit there, and she always did roller sets, so her hair never did anything else. She had shorter, so I'd just sit, and I'd brush her hair and put curlers in it, and I'd sit and watch her, and then I'd go play in her makeup and play in my aunt's makeup and all her dress-up. I'm like, I just got to follow what I've always wanted to do because that's just... If you try to force yourself to be something you're not, it's it's not going to work. Wow. <laughs> if you try to force yourself to be something that you're not, it's mm-hmm. not going to work. That was yeah. a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell, talk about that a little bit more in detail because do you feel like prior to that you were forcing yourself into something that you weren't? Or do you Absolutely. feel like everything prepared you for mm-hmm. being a hairdresser? Like oh, what's yeah. your thought process with that? Absolutely. Just Going to school, like I was uh, initially, I mean, I always liked computers. So my first degree, I was trying to go mm-hmm. for computer science. I get in there, and this, we're not even on computers. He's, there's a guy <laughs> in the front of the classroom writing out code. And I was like, I think I went to two classes. The rest of the time, I went to the library and slept. Like, I'm like, this, this is not going to work. Yes. <laughs> I wow. ended up like just taking all these wrong classes, just had terrible guidance. I was out partying way too much. Mm. And I was like, this isn't right. Like, this is not this can't be my life like there's no way that this yeah. is what this is not where where I'm going with things I'm not going to end up being the same person I see growing up because I grew up in an inner city it's like you see the same people that you went to school with same people you went to high school with doing the same exact thing it's like that that's not that's not who I am I'm I'm living in Tiffany's world, but this isn't Tiffany's world here in this gotcha. couple here. You just knew that wasn't the lifestyle that you wanted because you yeah. thought beyond. Yeah. And you thought beyond. And so what was that transformational moment that got you to stop that type of lifestyle? What happened? Like, what shift happened in your life? To me, it was finishing my, my graphic design degree because it was being creative mm-hmm. and just realizing, you know what, I've got to like just get off my own butt and mm-hmm. i got to put myself out there. If you don't put yourself out there, you're never going to find out what your potential is. Yeah. And if you stay in the same place that's comfortable, you're, you're never going to grow. Like You have to be uncomfortable at some point to grow. And it's like, for me, I'm not that type of person that goes out and goes, Hi, I'm Tiffany. Like, nice to meet you. Da, da, da. I, I, I'm not that person. Like, people normally have to approach me where it might seem standoffish, but it's that's just who I am. Like, I, right. I don't feel like I have enough 
to give somebody else, I guess, to be like, oh yeah, you should know me. But right. But a lot yeah. of people think more that of I an do introvert. That. I yes. am, yes. but it's like uh-huh. I, I I force myself to do that to make myself mm-hmm. uncomfortable because that's how you create these opportunities that yes. you've got to do. <laughs> yeah, it's all about relationships and finding mentors mm-hmm. and getting in their face. I, yeah. I'll never forget the moment because I'm more of an introvert, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Most yeah. people are like, no, you're not, Tina. <laughs> Trust me, I've had to push myself to get out yeah. of that little Tina bubble. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there at dinner with John Paul. This was back in 2005, right before we opened the school. We're sitting in Palm Mitchell School of Michigan right now, and it was going to be uh, just a franchise school mm-hmm. at that point in time. So it was going to be half the space because that's all we could afford. Mm -hmm. And then he said to me, he said, Tina, um, and I planted myself in front of him at dinner. I was uncomfortable to do that, but I made sure to be curious and ask him questions. And and he said, Tina, I would love to partner with you in that school. And so we uh, initially only had half the space. And then we ended up uh, punching out for double the space because we knew we could do a corporate school because we're going to partner with John Paul and win. Right. And so. So I knew uh, at that moment the power of relationships and the mm-hmm. power of who you surround yourself with mm-hmm. and the power of who you partner with yeah. in business as well, too. But you have to put yourself out there and be mm-hmm. brave because successful people want to help people mm-hmm. and they want to mentor people. So I, I love that about you because, Tiffany, you've done that. Yeah. And it's so cool. Um, so now let's let's talk about you joined uh, Palm Mitchell School at Gray Lakes, and uh, tell me about your experience there. What happened when you were in school? I loved it there because I, initially I had interviewed here. I liked the school. I loved how big it was, and then um, the VA didn't have you guys listed. So I said, "Well, I know I have to go to Palm Mitchell. Like this, this is the school for me." And so I saw that there was another one. They said, "Well, there's one in Port Huron. Go like if you want to check that out." So. I drove up there, went through, and I was like, oh, man, I love how cozy it is because they welcome you with open arms. Like, it's, it's a smaller school, so I'm like, I want that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know if I was younger, I wouldn't appreciate the opportunity like mm-hmm. I would now where I'm like, man, there's so many opportunities right now that you've got to put yourself out there to be different because everyone is a competition at the same time, but we all, like, we're the same flowers in the same garden. So mm. it's like we've all got to we've got to grow together. Yes. and. I thought I would make a lot more connections there, so I went to school there, and I loved the teachers. Like, Heather was one of my, like, best ones. I, she was amazing. Like, I call her a silent ninja, too, because she would come up behind us. She so finally, is like, a silent ninja. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Be a silent ninja. I yes. like that. <laughs> she was. Like, she, what are you doing? Why are you doing? Like, she would challenge us. Like, we really had to, like, know our stuff, and... I loved Lacey because she's just so animated and excited, and she brought, like, a breath of fresh air every time she was in school. Like, <laughs> she oh. is. She's very passionate, for sure. Yes. I love that. And you stepped into leadership positions all the time. I mean, every time I yeah. walked in the school, there's Tiffany up there talking yeah, <laughs> and leading a team. And yeah. uh, so what helped you to do that? Like, what was a transformational moment for you? Because talk to the future professionals and students across America um, what motivated you to do it and why should they, why should they step out of their comfort zone, zone and lead? Well, I think the best way to learn anything is you just got to put yourself out there. And when you teach someone how to do something, you find out things about yourself that, oh, maybe I should try that or I should do it this way. Because the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you're going to have. So at school, I was like every single club there was, I joined every one of them. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to be president of the student council. Like, we're going to do this. Like, this is everything. And I'm like, we have a deans and honors list? All right, I'm going to knock that out, too. So I did all the deans and honors. I did everything. And I kept trying to get more people to do it. Like, come on, this is easy. Like, this is stuff we're already doing. All you got to do is take a photo. Yeah. (laughs) So it was easy to you? I thought it was. Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. So talk to the, because when I go in and meet a brand new class in all of my schools, and I always ask them, who all is going to make the dean's list? And every hand goes up. Yeah. But out of that whole class, it might be one. I mean, that's a big, huge maybe. Like every 10 classes, it's only one. What do you think prevents people from following through with their commitment, their initial commitment? What do you think? I think just seeing the list of things you have to do where it's like, wow, that's a lot of stuff to do. But They get overwhelmed. Yeah, and I was like, well, if you look at it, look 
Come look at, like, print it out. Like, look at, okay, these are what you got to do for deans and honors. This is your MPA you have to do each month. It's the same mm-hmm. exact thing. All it is is getting the signatures and doing it correctly. Whereas sometimes, okay, an MPA, okay, you did it, but did you do it to your best? Is it 100%? Because if it's 100%, then there's your deans and honors. Yeah. Like, the more you practice it, the better you're going to get. And to me, I'm like, if I'm at school and I'm I'm paying all this money to be here, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it and doing it so that when I'm done, I'm going to be prepared to leave. I'm not just going to sit around doing nothing. So when I was in... When I was on the floor, I would grab my iPad, and I'm watching everybody's videos. I'm not just watching just Paul Mitchell. I'm like, there's so many other, like, videos out there. Like, Hairbrained is an amazing one. They always do a lot of tutorials, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like you've got to find, you got to look out for those opportunities where you're like, okay, let me see if I move the hair this way and cut it this way. You have a mannequin head to practice on. You can't do that on a human head. Like, yeah. someone has to walk outside with whatever you're putting on their head. And with the mannequins, you can be creative where... I love doing editorial work. I love doing avant-garde stuff. I can do that on a doll head. I, a person's not going to wear that. That's not something. So that yeah. really gets you comfortable knowing how to move the hair and where the hair is going to go, where it's going to sit. If I put it here and pin it this way, what's it going to look like? If their hair is highlighted or colored and I pin it a certain way, is it going to highlight that color or is it going to color cover it so you yeah. can't see it? So I always like to like just challenge myself, like, okay, Today I'm going to knock out these 10 MPAs and I'm going to make sure I knock out these like 10 things on the cutting or colored app, you know? Like, yeah, it, it, you that's got to keep yourself busy. <laughs> yeah, that is so smart, Tiffany, um, because you're preaching to the choir right yeah. now, of course, because <laughs> I think everyone should make the Dean's right. List because I think, number one, it's going to help you to gain the confidence. You know, yeah. how do you destroy fear through mo- knowledge? Yeah. And so by having more education and educating yourself, and that's what mm-hmm. you did. Like you said, okay, I'm going to stay focused and educate mm-hmm. myself and build that confidence. And I've seen huge confidence confidence in you so you know you went from an introvert to I believe you're an extrovert because of the confidence (laughs) because the more you know Mm -hmm. right the more you can speak about it and I think about my husband when he and I met he was in law school I was in dental hygiene school and I loved I loved to study I loved school I I loved it and so what would what we do on our dates we went to the library to study (laughs) (laughs) he would rather have you know gone out and had dinner but no I'm gonna we're gonna go study and so we did and he ended up making the dean's list that year. He never thought he could make the dean's list in law yeah. school, but the more you study and the more you stay focused, then you can make the dean's list. Right. And I'll tell you, it built such a huge confidence for him. He took full advantage of his education, and he became one of the best lawyers in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be where we are financially and being mm-hmm. able to open schools and open salons and be where we are. He really mm-hmm. helped set that foundation for us. Yeah. But I believe it came from the dean's list and so you're listening to this right now and you're in education make the dean's list whatever whatever field you're in make the dean's list like apply yourself to get the full fullness out of what you're paying for you know I always say you're already paying for it you might as well get an award for it (laughs) yeah I mean we're all here for the same exact amount of hours and it's like you've got to make yourself stand out when we all graduate be beyond you do it's like what are you going to put on your resume when you're done like okay you worked were you a receptionist or were you like a waitress it's like okay but that doesn't have anything to do with the field that you're in yeah it's like you've you've got to like join these groups and join these Mm -hmm. clubs so that you can interpret that into paperwork to say hey hire me like yeah this is who I am (laughs) yeah that's what I love about you because you're always applying yourself always thinking what more can I do to add to my resume and Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful and I think it gives you the confidence that you have now and uh, so let's talk about that so what did you do after you graduated and now you're back for the instructor course and you won the big idea contest (laughs) so so take me through that process how did you get to what happened to you last week because we're getting to the to the climax here yes. of like holy moly you're making me famous thank you um, so talk about that what did you do after you graduated um, I actually I went to a Saliza high end salon um, I was actually at a dentist appointment and I was looking through the magazine and I was like man that's what I want to do I want to do magazine work so whoever did to cover this magazine it, it was a local Smart. Detroit one I said I'm going to that salon and yeah. they hired me the very next day like I literally I passed my test and they called me I said I'm in the parking lot right now I just passed my test and they're like 
Well, we believe in you and we want you. So I was. Wow. I went to Antonino's in Birmingham. I was an assistant beautiful. there. I loved it. They were, that's such a, it's an amazing, it's a beautiful salon mm-hmm. if anyone ever gets a chance to go in there. Yeah. Anthony cares about his people. Like he mm-hmm. wants, he cares about his clients and he cares about the people that he hires. Like it's W2 salon. Like they mm-hmm. literally, they offer everything that a normal job would offer. And I loved it. I like, love cause that. I knew I wanted to assist because I'm like, okay, I've gone this far in school and school's only going to take you so far. You've got to be able, there's so much more to learn. And there I wanted to learn even more and they did education in our salon like every Tuesday with all their stylists where it's like the stylist teaching stylist and they said they mm-hmm. want us to know how to do exactly what they're doing they yes. want us to make sure that we're prepared when we get on the floor that we're not going to get yelled at by someone or like we're not going to leave in tears because yes. it's well yeah scary. <laughs> and especially because you're in Birmingham hello yes. <laughs> were so nice like I'm not from here but I had so many people telling me oh be careful like those people are mean but they were the nicest people I've ever met they they I agree like um if for me it was a fairly long drive to get there so it was almost a two-hour commute to come home and an hour to get there so I for my home life and work life it was not as not exactly appealing for me because I wanted Mm -hmm. to be home for my kids so it was really hard for me to leave there and they didn't want me to go like um even some of the clients had got me like going away presents like it, they were like I had made such a connection just with them and I'm like all I'm doing is washing your hair you know oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes how long is their assisting program there they um they require one year okay so gotcha. I, I went I was there for six months and I was like man mm-hmm. my like I, I've got to get my hands in some hair so I said okay. you know what maybe I need to just find a place that's closer mm-hmm. maybe maybe a corporate place and um I was like, well, I know I want to go to school, so I'm like, I'm going to need some place that's going to at least be able to let me work in a salon and then also take classes because I knew I wanted to do the instructor program. But Michigan requires you to wait a year. So I was like, all right, we're going to kill some time. (laughs) I I made my hands in some hair. Right. So I I went to um, Ulta and I I really Mm -hmm. liked it there. They were a good company. They were they have a lot of benefits. They kept me busy. And the management there was awesome, mm-hmm. too. Like, they were really cool. And then I was like, well, you know what? Okay, it's, it's getting closer. They want me to work full-time. I don't want to work full-time. Mm. I, I'm like, I've, I've got my mm-hmm. pension for the military. Like, I've, my kids are my my everything. Like, mm-hmm. my daughter went a lot of times without seeing me because of being duty restrictions, things like that. So I'm like, no, maybe I should just, like, focus on school. So... I was like, all right, I'm, I've got my application in, I'm approved, I'm, I'm going to be going to school soon. And then Antonita's actually called me back and said, hey, we, we really want you to come back. And I'm like, I can't work full time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so hard to like just, I, I really, I had to just focus. I'm like, no, that's, it's not going to work for me. Like, it's, it's too far away. So, and then I ended up, I was like, well, there's another salon, Studio 9, they liked me. And they said, well, just come on in. I was like, all right, let me, I'll put school off for a little bit, maybe maybe this is something I should do. Mm-hmm. So I, I stayed there for a little bit. I'm like, no, like it's instructing. Like I, I want to lead people. I want to help people. Cause even there, when we got new stylists in, I was helping them with updos. Cause a lot of them were like, Oh no, I don't like updos. I'm like, Oh, I love updos. Like, let's do it. Let's grab a mannequin head. Like, cause they provided mannequin heads for us too. They were, they were really like, all right, we want you guys to like continue educating yourself. They brought educators in all the time. Which was my big thing. I'm like, I wanted continued education. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, man, the, the school just kept pulling me. And I'm like, no, I need to go instruct. Like, and, and she understood. And she's like, you know what? Go ahead. Like, we'll cut your hours a little bit. Like, take some classes. Let us know, like, what we can do to, like, work with you. And once I was just here for a couple months, I was like, this is it. Like, school's where I'm supposed to be. Like, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. She completely understood. And she's like, we wish you the best. She's like give us a call if you ever need anything else she's like we'll miss you and it was I just love it because this this industry is just so about supporting each other and building each other up and that's what I really love about it Mm -hmm. I love um that you you, we talked about it earlier like you just 
you have to move towards what your heart keeps telling you to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so let's talk about that because um, th someone's listening right now. It's thinking, man, this keeps tugging me and tugging me. Um, but most people will so say, I'm just going to go where the money is at. I'm not going to go mm -hmm. where my heart is at. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, so tell me, how do you differentiate the two and how do you navigate that? That's tough because um, even for my husband, I get it all the time. Yeah. He's like, you know, you could be like an executive assistant somewhere, like making tons of money. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what I want. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't, I can't sit in a cubicle all day assisting someone else. Like, <laughs> yes. That's, I've done that. I've been there, done that. It yeah. was my whole career in the military. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, mm -hmm. this is my calling. This is what God wants mm. me to do. Like, th like, when I'm here, I'm smiling. Like, before everyone always said, "Oh, you always look so unapproachable." Like I had the RBF face. Like, yeah. So, uh -huh. <laughs> and I loved it because when I was yes. in Great Lakes, the girls in the office were like, "Tiffany, you're always smiling. Like you always uh -huh. just look so happy." I'm like, I didn't yeah. even realize that because I, I would walk around before like, what do people just walk around with smiles on their face, looking goofy? And it's yeah. like, I guess I am that person now. Yeah. So how you know that you, it's your calling is you have a smile on your face, yeah, right? Honestly. Yeah. Is it like you can't wait to get up? And the, I, I mean, I get it because you're preaching to the choir yeah. because I thought dentistry was my calling mm -hmm. for 14 years. And, uh, but it got to the point I remember of that I didn't want to get up in the morning and go. Yeah. And there was something like just a little bit bothering me about it. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I get into this industry and what a happy, positive industry yeah. it is. And I, I love being a Around the future professionals mm -hmm. like they give me so much energy yeah. I always tell them I'm like I have to at least make it into my school at least once a week because mm -hmm. I got to get refueled by their energy yeah. you know because like attracts like right? yes. <laughs> and so how do you how else do you know it's your calling someone's listening right now and saying how do I know how do I find my calling I love it because, like you said, with the students, they're like a breath of fresh air. And I love sitting in core class right now because the girls in it, well, they're not girls, they're women, are in there. And they're like, man, Tiffany, you're going to be such a great teacher. Like, you're, I wish okay. we had joined later so that we could be in your class. And yeah. I have students so on the floor. So people kind of confirm it yeah, for you. they do. That you're good <laughs> at something, which is true, which is so amazing because sometimes I don't know if I'm moving in the right direction I, when I became an author and then people would mm -hmm. read my books because I didn't think anyone would buy my my books you know? <laughs> right. and uh, then people would read it and just say to me oh my god so this is the best book like mm -hmm. it changed my life and yeah. I'm like oh it was my calling because yeah. at first you know you're thinking man is this supposed to be what I'm doing <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then people breathe life back into you and, yeah. and it's like because it's like when you said earlier you have to do what's uncomfortable too yeah and so you move into that uncomfort writing was very uncomfortable for me and to mm. bear my soul to everybody yeah. because I knew at that moment writing those books and bearing some deep secrets that mm. even my family didn't know yeah. about me I knew it was going to open up some things that were going to be really scary for me mm -hmm. and that I could potentially be judged, right? right? And so I thought, no, nope, I'm just going to do it with a mm -hmm. smile on my face because <laughs> I know it's going to change some lives. And then someone breathes that life into you. So, mm -hmm. okay, so you know what's a calling because you're smiling. Yes. <laughs> and people tell you that you're good at it. Yeah. Right? What else? Um, honestly, it, it just kind of it comes easy to me. I don't know. Like, yeah. When I was, it's I know your when strength I was in, zone. Yeah, when I was in core, mm -hmm. like, they would, they would show me once how to do it. And I'm like, okay, I got it. Where I would see other people kind of struggling. I'm like, why are you struggling? Like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like that, that's how the curling iron goes. Like that's how a brush should go. Like, I, to yeah. me, it was, it was just, it came simple. Like, that's so cool. Natural. <laughs> I love that. No, that's true because most people don't know their strengths. And I remember when uh, we first uh, started coaching our staff and we went through the book Strength Finder 2.0. Mm -hmm. And it's most important to find your strengths. And then I noticed I took that test about four times. <laughs> I'm trying to like breathe life into myself. Mm -hmm. And it kept coming up over and over and over. Tina, you're an achiever and an activator. So at that moment, it said, okay, you're in on the right calling you're supposed to continue to open up 
businesses. Mm -hmm. And so now I have so many different streams of income right now because I have so many different businesses, but I'm living in my strength zone mm -hmm. and I can't wait to get up in the morning, right? <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait to go to bed early so I can get up early yeah. because I cannot wait to get up and get my day started. And I mm -hmm. know I'm living in that strength zone. And I know we did the DISC assessment, yeah. the personality assessment with you, Sean and I, yep. and uh, we spent an hour with you and kind of helping you to navigate your personality strength to be able to see how can you continue to move into your calling. How mm -hmm. has that kind of shaped you or transformed you in that moment? I think it's pushing me to just kind of like make my goals, put them down and actually just go with them because I've always just kind of just floated through life, I guess. Like, yeah. Not really writing anything down, just saying, yeah. oh, I'm going to do it. And then I'm like, okay, I don't have a set time when I'm going to do it. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, no, I'm doing it, and I, this is my set time frame. And if I if I don't accomplish it by then, I'm going to figure out why I didn't Ooh, accomplish it by that's then. That's good. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just listened to a podcast today with Rachel Hollis, and Lisa Martin sent it to me. And uh, she basically said to be obsessed with the process and not the goal. Yeah. And so you've got this goal, but along the way, you're going to have all kinds of failures. You're going to mm -hmm. have all kinds of adversity. You're going to have all kinds of successes. Mm -hmm. And But to celebrate every single piece along yeah. the way and be okay with it it may take five or ten years yeah. and I love that you said I heard you say make your goals public mm -hmm. and continue to tell people because I believe that if there I, I remember this is a small example I was 15 years old and I was so scared because I wanted to work but I was scared to get a job <laughs> because very introvertish very mm -hmm. shy and I really wanted to work in this fruit market this fruit and vegetable market <laughs> you know and I remember the family I we used to shop there and I wanted to work there so bad but mm -hmm. I was so nervous and my dad told me keep going back mm -hmm. and keep asking them I must have went back five times <laughs> I think they were just so irritated by me they hired me <laughs> and it ended up being such a great part of my life because they gave me um, employment of course and I worked right right through high school and then I would come back in between summers after college and work there as well too mm -hmm. and it helped me to talk to people yeah. it set me up I believe that job set me up to do what I'm doing today mm -hmm. I believe that every part of that process you know helped me to get there yeah. and so continuing like whatever um, career is out there or who you want to be around you just keep getting in their face stalk them like yeah. my book be amazing <laughs> stalk visionaries yes. like just continue to bother them and ask them mm -hmm. and say how do I get a job here how do I get to be your partner what do I need to do mm -hmm. and it's interesting because a lot of people are asking us how do I get to work in your salon teams because we hire only Paul Mitchell students and uh, uh, or Paul Mitchell staff from our Paul Mitchell schools but we only uh, hire people that we want to partner with right yeah. and so we let people know that right away mm -hmm. and uh, just recently we just went through this book um, it's called the ideal team player and we hire humble hungry smart mm -hmm. and so we went through that whole book process with our salon teams right and uh, so now we're going to make it part of our culture in our mm -hmm. schools and our salons because nice. we want people to say we could tell our students that are graduating read that book study it and become <laughs> humble hungry and smart yes. and because if you can gain that and become an ideal team player like Patrick Lencioni's book um, then you can have employment with us and I, mm -hmm. I don't think there's one business in this world that wouldn't want an ideal team player oh, like that sure. <laughs> yes. and so so honestly it's like work on the essential skills mm -hmm. that it's going to take to get to what you want mm -hmm. the essential skills and that's humble hungry smart yeah, right and good. so that's something that I love about you Tiffany because I've seen a lot of those attributes what advice would you give people right now that want to get employment where they want to go? Just like you were saying, stalk people. Like, I, yeah. I literally, um, anytime I'm on social media, I'm not on there to play around. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm literally, I'm looking for more people to talk to. Um, Beautiful. So building <laughs> yeah. relationships exactly. on social media. Yeah. Yes. In fact, you're right. Don't get on there to play around and yeah. mess around and watching silly videos right. or, or stalk people. And, and uh, I've even gotten to the point of, man, if, if something is unsettling in my heart, I'll, I'll unfollow that person yeah. because I don't want anything that's going to upset my energy mm -hmm. and my flow yeah. and get me off focus, right? And so mm -hmm. I'll just either unfollow them or block them or whatever it takes, yes, right? Exactly. Because I only <laughs> want to be surrounded with 
like-minded people. I, I yeah. think we got to be careful what we allow into our minds. Oh, we yeah. need to be careful of the negativity of allowing. Because you know, mm-hmm. your heart just says, oh, wait, that hurts. Yeah. My heart hurts there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so stop that flow. So talk about that. Like, how do you build relationships on social media? I agree with you 100%. That's why this industry is amazing. I literally... I, people that I talk to on Instagram is huge for me. I kind of spend more of my time on there because I reach out to all these people. There's a celebrity hairstylist that's in California. I've been telling her, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just won this contest. And she's like, man, I know we've never met, but I'm so proud of you because from the time I've been in school, I reached out Mm -hmm. to her and said, I want to work on movies. I want to work on TV. Like that's, that's my goal. And she's a lead hairstylist on, um, the Lethal Weapon, she does a lot of those like movie sets and TV sets. And I kind of, I just reach out to her like every once in a while with like, oh, I just won this contest because mm-hmm. I, I won Beacon while I was in school. And then I just won What's the Big Idea. And she said, man, this is amazing. She's like, anytime you come out to LA, like hit me up. Yes. I'll bring you on set. Come shadow me. So wow. It, it's, it's these wow. like, you just, these people aren't unattainable. You can, right. you can reach out to these people and talk to them. Like yeah. when I was at Beacon, I met Dallin Flint. He's a Naha winner. He was one of our guest speakers at Beacon. I met him when I went to Chicago two weeks ago because I won another contest where they sent me to Chicago to go to the gala for a fundraising event. I met up with him and met some people from CUNY. And all of them were, we hung out at the after party, well, not the after party, but it was that, um, it was a runway show. Wow. And then I told him, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting ready to go pee with, like, go meet with John Paul. I'm going to pitch an idea. It's like a Shark Tank type of deal. And he's like, that's amazing. And then I, I messaged him. I'm like, hey, I won. And he's like, oh, my, like, we're all celebrating together. Like, wow. It's, it's really cool. Like, you can just talk to these people. They're not, like, standoffish. Like, don't talk yeah. to me. <laughs> so talk about the big idea contest that we finally reached what we're going to talk about yeah. today. <laughs> what I wanted to interview you for because I'm so proud of you. Yes. What is First of all, what is the Big Idea Contest? So the Big Idea, it's a Paul Mitchell, you have to be in the school. Either you can be anyone involved with the school. And they offer you, it's kind of like a Shark Tank type of deal where you get to Mm -hmm. promote, uh, pitch an idea. Whatever idea can be a product, it can be a service, anything. You get to go, you submit your idea. um, Sarah Dean, she was the person that actually goes through all the, the videos. Like she said, she went through, I think, around 90 people's videos, like wow. their submissions. Yeah. And from that, they pick, there's 10 runners up, and then there's three finalists. So they flew the three of us out. We got to go to Hollywood. We stayed at the Beverly Hilton. And then, wow. so, so you won yep. out of all 90 people that yeah. submitted, which is incredible. <laughs> and there I go. I'm famous again in Paul Mitchell <laughs> School, Michigan. I love it. And uh, so talk about, um, first of all, are you allowed to talk about what you've designed yet? Because I know there are some kind of confidentialities with it, too. So um, I didn't know if you are allowed. They like, They said, don't tell too many people because there is going to be a yeah. patent process with it. Okay. Um, I'm so we waiting. don't want to talk about it on the podcast, right. but, but you have um, you have created something that's yes. going to go big. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be huge. And like, yes. it got John Paul out of his chair. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally stood up. He tried yeah. it on. He's like, man, I want to I want to see how this yes. feels. And I know what it is. So yeah. stay tuned because yes. we'll do another podcast on this when you're allowed to talk about yeah. it. So we'll have Tiffany back on because you're going to want to purchase this yes, it's gonna because be it's going to change your life. And uh, like I said, I know what it is, but the suspense I know is killing you right now. <laughs> Talk about your experience being there uh, with John Paul and, and how did you win? How do you think you won? I think it's because I I went in there not as a salesman. Like I, I liked the class we had, like all the guest speakers yes. we had today. And I honestly, I did not go and practice my speech that I was going to get them. I wanted to be completely transparent and yeah. just talk to them like I'm talking to you. Yes. So I, I made a, a presentation. I used a it's a software called Prezi. I wanted to be different because I know no one ever uses this stuff. And even Sarah Dean, when she saw it, she's like, I'm impressed you know how to use that because it's, it's like a step up from PowerPoint. Wow. And I was like, okay, I have to be different. Because you think beyond. I have to. Be it's beyond. Like you have to stand out because I'm Next like, I know level. my competition is going to use like probably a PowerPoint wow. or a keynote. So I'm like, what can I use? What's it called? It's called Prezi. And how do you spell that? P-R-E-Z-I. Okay. Wow. So one, I had to do that. Um, so I you stood out. Prototype. I did. Stood I brought out. my prototype here. Okay. I did a photo shoot with the students. I was like, hey, you know what? 
we got to promote our students too. So the students wow. do the makeup. Some of them, I, I did their hair because I'm wow. like, I gotta show my hair skills. Yeah, <laughs> good girl. They, they did makeup. I sh I did like the photography because I was like, um, I have a graphic design background. I'm like, I can do a whole like, I can do the graphics and all that. So I put like a hardbound book together for like a like a um a vision board type of deal that wow. I wanted to hand out. So I'm like, okay, I've got a visual. I've got something they could physically look at. Um, my glam squad, Jacqueline, she does my makeup. So I, she came out with me. She was my model. So wow. she modeled my prototype. I'm like, all right, I want to have like the touch, the feel, the smell. Like I, I, I wanted to have all those experiences mm -hmm. with, with my um, presentation. Yeah. That I so it's just like out. Shark Tank. It really Did was. Did it feel like that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. It was awesome. Good for you. That's beautiful. Yes. So great experience. <laughs> so you highly recommend it to people. To oh my gosh. Pitch. Everyone has ideas, too. right? Yeah. Everyone has ideas. You always think about what could I do to make my life easier in yeah. the beauty industry. So mm -hmm. what would I like to see created? Absolutely. Right? Well, I mean, so many people, which is disgusting to me, outside the beauty industry, outside the beauty industry, because mm -hmm. you see it on Shark Take all the time. They're yeah. not even hairstylists. Mm -hmm. They're pitching these great ideas to make life easier for them. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, where's the hairdressers right. to design this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Because you have yes. to have some ideas. What can make life easier? Why yeah. are you putting up with what you already have? Yeah. And I think it's such a brilliant idea for John Paul because he's utilizing his network of people yeah. that are already in it to win yeah. it. And he's allowing future professionals and staff members mm -hmm. to be able to submit their big ideas. So yeah. so talk to the people right now to how can they get off the fence and decide to create something and participate in this contest. That's what's amazing is it's so hard like you like I've been reading about like patents and all that and it's so hard where okay you can invest all this time and money into getting a patent but it's like getting that FaceTime with someone who's able actually mm -hmm. to like put it into fruition and kind of just get the ball rolling to get it going is so hard yes. which is why this competition is so amazing that I'm able okay he's gonna see what I'm gonna what my idea is right? yeah. it's like so many things get put on the shelf because you don't have those connections to meet these people to present it to anyone else. And yes. It's like, Why go it alone? Yeah. Why not partner with a big company right. that's out there already? Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. Yeah. And so what do you win? Um, initially, you win $5,000. So yeah, I so love that. That money that initially there, I'm, I'm kind of waiting. They're going to send me a contract. So there could possibly be more than what the, they initially like. Said. Wow. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really, I'm fingers crossed. I wow. prayed on it. So I'm like, okay, yeah. they're not going to, they're not taking advantage of you. And that's what, that was their yeah. biggest thing is that they're not just taking ideas and then running with it. Like right. I'm going to be involved with it. it it's going to yes. be a, a partnership rather than, okay, thanks. Yes. And, and then out the door, you know? <laughs> yes. And it's so cool because we had another graduate that we're going to have on here on the podcast, Anthony Kakos. He won too. Mm -hmm. um, was it two, I think it was two years ago yeah. that he won too from Paul Mitchell school, in Michigan. He yes. was one of the winners. And uh, so I can't wait to interview him to what his experience was as well too, yeah. because we'll be able to follow up with him to see how his project is yes. coming along. Along <laughs> as well too so I'm excited I know you're friends with yep, him yep. as well too and uh, I love this so um, what would you say as we close this out would be your best piece of advice for the person that's listening to this <laughs> podcast right now to be beyond uh, look for opportunities look for opportunities there's opportunities everywhere you go especially with mm -hmm. social media Instagram's huge like right now I'm actually preparing for another competition I'm gonna enter in October I just, I'm always looking for just new opportunities. All right, what can I do next? <laughs> Great advice. Look for yeah. opportunities. Yeah. I can't add anything to that. <laughs> Tiffany, thank you for being on this thank podcast. You. you are absolutely amazing. So <laughs> thank you. Thank, so you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.